Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. to see all of you. I'm grateful for each and every one of you, and I hope you're doing well. I also want to welcome anyone who is joining us on, online or on the app or the podcast. Thank you for joining us as well, and I would like to ask everyone, if they could at this time, to get out your Bibles or open a Bible app, and today we are going to be in the New Testament book of Colossians. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to be looking at the very first four verses um, also, when you walked in, you received a, a worship guide. You can take notes there if you would like to do that. You can go online on the app. You can take notes there as well if that's something you'd like to do. But today, we're beginning a brand new series called Hidden. And what we're going to be doing and what we're going to be looking at and studying over the next few weeks is the union that Christians have with Christ. And that's what we're going to be looking at. Scripture teaches us. Over and over again that Christians are in Christ and that Christ is in Christian Christians. And that's, 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 that's a difficult concept sometimes to understand the union of Christians and, and Christ. And, and there can be some confusion in it. Like we may sit there and intellectually acknowledge it and say we know this to be true. But we may say, well, what exactly does that mean? What, what, what exact difference does it make in my life that I have a union, the Christian does, with Christ, that I'm in Christ and Christ is in me? How does it change the way, way I live? And maybe you've got a whole lot of different other questions. So what we want to do is kind of unravel that. We want to look at that. And over the next five weeks, we're going to be doing that. We're going to be looking at this. What, 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 what Scripture says, what Paul says, is a mystery. And we'll talk about that more next week. But I want you to think about this. Think about this. Did you know that the word Christian is only used in the Bible three times? That's it. That's all. But the words in Christ or with Christ is used by the Apostle Paul 165 times. It seems as though the essence for Paul and for many others, the essence of being a Christian was being in Christ. One of, one of my favorite verses that speaks into this, I want to share this with you just real quickly because I want you to see how emphatic it is in Scripture, this reality, this truth that we're in Christ. In Galatians 2.20, I'm just going to do this quickly. In the Greek, it's, just, it's, 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 it's so clear. In the Greek, Paul begins, he says this, zao, which is my life, right? My life in. Then he says faith in Greek, pistis. And then he takes this whole concept, this whole theological concept of us being in Christ, and he squeezes it together in this term, we, us, 
which literally means in the sun. It's staggering. It's, 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 it's staggering. My life, I'm a Christian, the life that I live by faith, that faith being a gift, is literally in Christ Jesus. Huh, staggering. It's a, it's a mystery. It's a, it's a mystery to be sure. It's hard to understand, but it's true. And if this is the truth, if this is the reality of the Christian life, the life we live is in Christ, then we need to understand it. And so we're going to spend some time looking at this concept. And I think if we rightly understand this concept, it's going to change the way we think, the way we act, and the way we do things in the world. So let's, let's go through this today. We're going to begin by looking at Christians are hidden in Christ. That's where we're going to start. And every week we're going to build on this, but let me read our text. You always want to begin with the Bible. You always want to stick in the Bible. You always want to understand the Bible. Let's read the text. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4. Here we go. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is, here's our word, hidden in with Christ oh, in God. Verse 4, when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Uh, yeah, that's a trem tr tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. But notice here, Christian. We're speaking, this is to Christians specifically. You have been raised up with Christ. It says, seated with Christ at the right hand of God. You've died with Christ. You have your life in Christ. And it's all because you are hidden in Christ. Great. Great. Fantastic. But what does that mean? Well, let's look at it. What does it mean? What does it mean to have your life hidden in Christ? We're going to go through the text word by word, phrase by phrase, and let the weight sit on us. Let's look at this glorious truth. We're going to begin, Paul begins by giving us a reminder. I have this in your notes, the reminder given. That's how he starts off, the reminder given. He wants to remind us, okay? Here's the first part of the text. Here we go, verse 1. If then you, as Christians, have been raised with Christ. Well, pause there. Let's talk about this, all right? This kind of sets up as a reminder. It helps us to get our thinking correct before we move on. It's a, it's a reminder. He says, if you, if you. Now, 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 in the Greek, this word if is not an uncertain word, right? It's better understood. It literally says, Christian, basically, that's, that's, that's implied, since you have been raised with Christ, right? Since you have been raised with Christ. It's an already accomplished fact. It's a reminder, Christian. Christian, Christian, you have been raised with Christ. Now, there's a lot of truths in there, but one implied truth is, and we're going to get to this in a moment, is that you have died. Like, like it's, it's implied because how can you be raised, raised with Christ if you have not died? And then you might very well say something like this, oh, I don't feel necessarily dead. When, when, hey, when did I die? Well, Galatians and Romans and Colossians all agree that for the Christian, they died at salvation. When you repent of your sin, 
and you believe in Christ Jesus, you cry out, save me. He saves you. God the Spirit indwells you. He adopts you. And then at that same time, you die. You die to the world. You're crucified with Christ. That's what we're told here, all right? But not only that, have we died. He also says you've been what? Raised. Like it's past tense. It's already occurred. Christian, Christian, you have already died and you have already been raised and come alive in Christ. At the moment he saved you, you became alive to God's heaven. And you know this is true. We could talk about this in many different ways. But I'm telling you what, one morning I woke up thinking about the world, desiring the world, wanting the world, acting like the world, thinking a whole lot about myself. Then God saved me, but I, that night I did not go to bed thinking the same thing. I started desiring new things, wanting new things, thinking new things, repenting of all, all old ways. And that's what happens, right? So you got to understand this. If you're a Christian... You actually possess eternal life right now. And sometimes you gotta be reminded. You gotta be, you gotta remind, I gotta be reminded about our position. Because the deal is, man, is we're living our life. Even today, man, you're going through your life, you're doing your thing, things happen. Right? Things happen, things go down, and then there, there's a tendency to start forgetting truths that you already know. Like, I know I died with Christ. I know I've been raised with Christ, but things happen today, and I have forgotten it. And from time to time, from time to time, we, we, we got we to be reminded of this stuff. For example, for example, this, if you got children, you've probably the same boat as me, but from time to night, time to time, I got to remind my children of family truths that they already know. It's like they, they, they just forget them throughout the day. I don't know. I don't know. So, so maybe, um, okay, so maybe this for an example. Maybe, maybe my kids, maybe my kids they're, they're arguing. They're just arguing. All right. And I'm sitting over here, and they start talking poorly to one another, and I hear that, and I think to myself, that's not right. And so what I'll do, I'll say something like this. I'll say, hey, guys, we're Joneses. It doesn't really matter. But it's, it's a reminder. Hey, we're Joneses. We're family. And family don't talk like that. Family don't talk like that to one another. That's the same thing Paul is doing here. He begins this way. Christians, Christians, remember, you've died with Christ and you've been risen with him. All right? That's the reminder. Getting our thinking straight before he proceeds to tell us the other things that he needs to tell us. So we begin with a reminder. All right. Now, after giving us this reminder, he's going to continue. We're going to continue in the verse. And so he reminds us who we are. And now we're going to get to, once again, it's in your notes, the responsibilities that we have. He's going to give us the responsibilities, the responsibilities made known. That's what we got. It makes sense, right? Like, like once you, you're in the family, you're adoptive, you're indwelled, he's reminded of you who you are, right? You've died, you've been raised again. And if you're in a family, you've got responsibilities, so he's going to tell us about some of our family responsibilities. Like, I don't know about your family or where you're at, but I guarantee you every one of you have certain family responsibilities. You do. And oftentimes you can tell what family, family you're in based upon what responsibilities you have, right? Let me give you another example for my life. Here's an example for my life. Um, when I was growing up, 
Miles, a little guy, right? a little guy. My next door neighbor, my next door neighbor, my next door neighbor's name was Chris Vike. That's his name, all right? Now, when I was over at Chris's house, if the garbage became full and it needed to be taken out, whose responsibility was it? It was Chris's responsibility. Why? Because we in the Vike house. In the Vike house, Chris had the responsibility of taking out the garbage. That's his responsibility. But I tell you what, you get the same responsibility, the same scenario in the Jones house, and the garbage is full. But at that time, it no longer becomes Chris's responsibility. It then becomes what? My responsibility. Why? Because now we're in the Jones house. And God has a house, right? God has a house. His kingdom is his house. He saves you. He indwells you. He's adopted you. And you got some responsibilities. So you're well, okay, 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 cool. Well, what's my responsibilities? Okay, he's going to tell us. Once again, he's building up to this truth that we're hidden in Christ, okay? Continuing in verse 1, it's a command. Here's the responsibility, guys. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. All right? So you get that command, seek. That's a responsibility. You get to verse number 2, set that's another command, another responsibility. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the, the earth. So now we see that we have two responsibilities. Christian, 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 you died with Christ. You've been raised with Christ. you got two responsibilities. One, you're to seek, and you are to set. Let's, go, let's look at them. Let's understand our responsibility. Seek the things that are above, right? It literally means continually be seeking those things that are above. In other words, we Christians are to make it a pattern of our life to be preoccupied with heaven. That's what he's saying here. Now, now he's not saying you got to go, I don't know, go sit in the corner, close your eyes, and, and meditate perpetually on heaven, right? He's not saying it's your responsibility to go out in the world and act weird or strange. He's not saying that. He is saying, Christian, it is our responsibility because we died with Christ and we've been risen with Christ that we are to be preoccupied with heaven and allow that to govern our earthly responsibility. It's a responsibility. Be seeking things of heaven. Let heaven dominate and govern your life. All right. Yeah, come on, man. Let's say it. It sounds easy, right? But there's a rub here, or at least there's a struggle, or there's a tension. You know this to be true. God saved you. If you're a Christian, he indwells you. He's adopted you. I died with Christ. I've been risen with Christ. That is my position. But we live in this world, right? And we walk in this world, and there's a tendency from time to time to allow our mind to start drifting to, uh-uh, drifting down, right? We shift our thinking. Instead of being preoccupied with the world, or the heaven, we're preoccupied with the world. And I don't know, man, you've experienced this, but it tends to be a perpetual drift. Like I'm always trying to get my thinking up, right? And it's perpetually, it tends to start heading down. So, okay, okay, then how in the world, if there is this pressure, to, it's, it's, it's being pressed down, what can I do to keep thinking, looking, being preoccupied 
with heaven. Well, he gets to the second command. It tells us. You got seek, and then he says the second one, set. Look at verse 2. Set, set your mind on things that are above. I'll show you something just real quick. Verse 1 says, seek. Verse 2 literally says, keep on thinking. All right? So here's a big picture. We're to responsibility, seek heaven by always thinking on heaven. You seek by thinking. Like, hey, listen, you're going you, you to be seeking whatever you've set your mind on. So Paul says this, you need to be, you ought to be Christian, continually, continually be seeking things that are above. Since you've been risen with Christ and you've died with Christ, in other words, we're to be a people who are intentionally putting ourselves in positions like church, where your mind and your thoughts are set on God. And if your mind and your thoughts are set on God, then you will be perpetually thinking about heaven. You've got you, you, you to intentionally do this. I guarantee you, no one here today accidentally showed up at church. You have decided to intentionally gather with the body of believers for the purpose of glorifying God. But the reality is many of us, many Christians, have a tendency to put ourselves in a position where our mind and our thoughts are set on the world. And then we get into this, this, this position. I don't know. We're sitting there going, why is it that my thoughts are not on heaven? Why is it that my thoughts are not on God? Why is that? Well, it's because you're not thinking on. You're not putting yourself in positions where your mind will be set on God. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. I know this is true, but um, maybe you've noticed after church, you're going to be driving home. I don't know, going to eat. I don't know what you're doing. But have you noticed that after church, your conversations are more God-centered and heavenly-minded than before you went to church? And that's because I believe you put yourself in a position where your mind's set on heavenly things. Have you noticed that if you put your mind on or spend time on the things that the world does, you begin to have conversations more and more and more about things that don't honor God? Paul is saying it is our responsibility to intentionally put ourselves in positions where we will be thinking on Heavenly things, godly things, like church. I don't know, man. I have found in my life when I gather in the church and I sing with the church, my mind starts becoming preoccupied with Jesus. When I hear you sing, when I hear everyone sing, it's just what happens. So it's our responsibility. It's our, respons it's our responsibility, right? Seek, set, and seek your mind. All right, cool. All right. I'm with you. I'm tracking with you, Paul. I'm tracking with you. I died with Christ. I've been raised with Christ. I got some responsibilities I got to sit, set, and seek. Here's my next question that I have Where do I get the power to do that? Next, we see the resource revealed. All right. The resource revealed. Look at this. 
Well, this is going back to the last part of verse 1. Here's the power. Here's the resource. This is to Christians. Listen. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. You know what I'm saying? That's the power. That's the power. Jesus is the power because Jesus is exalted, because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Hebrews 14, 4.16 says this, we can draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Jesus is the source. I'm going to say, Jesus is the source. We have these responsibilities. We're to seek, we're to set, we're to do these things, live in light of the glorious truths we know about Jesus. But how in the world, how do we get that power? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let me show you this. This is really cool. Verse 1, Paul says, with Christ. He also says, where Christ. Verse 3, he says, with Christ. Verse 4, he says, when Christ. Okay, so we have with Christ, where Christ, with Christ, when Christ. The emphasis is clearly on Jesus. Jesus. Having Christ is having everything. Let me ask you a question real quick. I hope this is helpful. Have you ever experienced, um, I, I don't know, I call it, spiritual intimidation. Here's what I mean. I don't know, somebody read a book, listened to a podcast, and they come up to you and they say, hey, man, I was reading or I heard that if you are really spiritual, then you're going to have this certain spiritual experience. And they'll proceed to tell you and ask you, have you had that experience? And they might say, you ain't... You incomplete unless you have experienced that experience. You're, la- you're lacking spiritual, spiritually. And I call that spiritual intimidation. It's happened to me before that somehow I'm lacking something because I haven't had their es- ecstatic experience or done what they said needed to be done. And I get spiritually intimidated. But according to this verse, and many others, others, if you got Jesus, then you got all you need. You know what I'm saying? You know? People are like, hey, Travis. I don't know. I could tell you a lot. People, <laughs> hey, Travis, have you um, done this or experienced this or whatever? And I'm like, why? No, I mean, why, why, why? Uh, why, why? The, hey, have you not heard? Let me tell you. I got something to tell you. When I was younger, um, a dude came up in front of me and told me I was a sinner. And um, I was convicted. And I repented of my sins. And I asked Jesus Christ to save me. And guess what he did? He saved me. And guess what I have? All I need. I got all I need, man. I don't say that in a proud way. I don't say that in an arrogant way. I say it in a way to glorify Jesus. He is sufficient. Church, Jesus is sufficient. <laughs> yeah, man, Jesus is sufficient. Don't be intimidated, all right? So, why? 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 Why is this, right? Why, why is all this possible? 
We're going to move to verse 3, and we're going to see the reason declared. Like, why, God, why, do, why do I have access to this power? Look at verse 3. For you, Christian, have died. Once again, he done told us this. And here's, here it is. Here's this mystery. Here it is. Here's this, this very difficult concept. Not, uh, not difficult, but can't be misunderstood. And your life is, here we go, our word, hidden with Christ and God. I don't know. I say this, delight yourself in that truth. Dude, I don't quite understand it. I tell you what, man. I don't understand how they make chocolate, but I sure do delight in it. I don't understand some of these deep, deep things, but I tell you what, I take delight in it. I died and I have been risen again, and I, me, guys, I was, I was, I was raised in a small town in Texas called Forney. There is nothing in me that merits anything, anything, anything. I have perpetually rebelled and done things contrary to the word of God. But by faith through grace, this great God saved me. And now my life is hidden with Christ in God. I saw this illustration one time. This is not new to me. And if you have been going to any of the places I, I preach, Saturday nights or whatever, or Sunday, but um, I don't usually use illustrations. But I, I want to share an illustration with you that I think is helpful. And that's why I have these, um, these Tupperwares here. I'm going to show this to you real quick, and I hope this is helpful. Let me just grab this real quick. This here, you ready for this? represents you. See the little, little guy there? This can represent you. Now, Scripture says that when God saved me, God the Spirit indwelled me. All right, here comes this. Do I merit it? No. Did I earn it? No. I repented and I believed. He saves me. God the Spirit indwells me. And this, this is me. Right, and this is this is this is absolutely tremendous. This is a picture of us, a picture of us. But now we learn right here that when God saves us, God the Spirit indwells us, and then our life is hidden in what? We got this right here. Christ. Yeah, Christ here. You gonna put me in here? I'm going to put this lid on here. And this is another picture of, of the Christian life, right? This is, this is us. And then if you look at this scripture, once again, that we just read, it says, you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. And then we get in God, in God. So I got right here, God the Father. I'm going to do this inside all of this, right? So this here, I know it breaks down to a degree, but... It's a picture. It's a picture. Right. God saved me. God the Spirit indwells me. I am in Christ. In Christ, I am with Christ. And Christ is in God. And this is a picture. This is a picture of the, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you're going to be viewing your life. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you right now, your experiences do not define God, our theology. The Word of God does. God tells us, and this is what God says is true. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, and plain on me. Plain on me where we're in this together. My life is hidden with Jesus. You know, God doesn't just see me. When he sees me, he sees Christ. When God sees Christ, he sees me, and that's staggering. It's hidden. None of us because of of who I am, guys, none of it, none of this is, is because of me. It's grace by faith, and it's all a gift. Let me say one additional thing here, and I hope this is helpful. This, to me, seems everlastingly secure. Right? secure. This is secure. This is security. Okay. Let's, let's, say, let's say my adversary, your adversary... Our adversary, the devil, Satan, he's come after you, man. He's going to come after you, right? And he will, and he does. But in order to get to me, what does he got to do? He's got to go through God the Father. I don't know if you've read Genesis 1 or 2 or 3. I hope you have, but the last time that happened didn't go very well for my adversary. Hey, let's suppose, let's suppose just for just for argument's sake, that, that he gets past God the Father. Where's he going to go next? He got, he, got, he, got, he got God the Son next. The last time that happened, my adversary was defeated, right? His head was crushed. Hey, but let's say this. Let's say you're going to catch God the Father. You're going to catch God the Son. You're going you're to get to me. Let me tell you, when you get to me, let me tell you something else. God the Spirit indwells me. Does that not seem secure to you, my life hidden with Christ in God. Tremendous. We're going to get to verse 4 and see this final truth, the revelation shown. Here's what verse 4 says. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, you see, on this side of heaven, not everyone's going to be able to look at you and maybe and recognize that God the Spirit lives in you, that you're with Christ in God, but that will not always be the case. We're told here at the second coming or when the Lord takes you home, you, Christian, will appear with him in what? Glory. It's amazing. One final thing I want you to notice. Paul kind of does this parenthetical kind of statement. He says... When Christ, who is your life. Is that not cool? Christian, right? When Christ, who is your life. Christ does not simply give you life. He is life. Now and everlasting. So, from the beginning... This hidden, this mystery. Hey, Christian, I want to remind you of something real quick. You died with Christ, and you have been risen with Christ. 
And because of that, you have some responsibilities. Seek the things that are above and set your mind on things that are above. Christian, put yourself in positions intentionally where your mind will be set on things that are above. Why? Because Christ died for you. And you are hidden with him in God. Remember, no matter what this world may do to you, and try to do to you, no matter what happens at your job, what happens in your circumstances, remember, Christ is in you, God the Spirit. You are in Christ, and Christ is in God the Father, and you are secure. You're hidden in Christ. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a six-week sermon series called Jesus in the Midst. John chapter 13 and 14 record Jesus's final words to his disciples in the upper room. They are about to enter the darkest moment in history, and Jesus shares with them the essentials of what they need to walk through them. You know, the things they needed in the midst of their darkest hour are the same things we need in ours. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses or online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. Lastly, there are so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing at Silverdale. We really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on all our different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.